gemstones is the meeting of history and art and mm-hmm. science mm-hmm. in one industry. And to have that is phenomenal. Hi, welcome to the Handbag Diaries. You're here with Christina. Um, today I have a guest. I'm here with a friend of mine called Maya Kewukwa. And um, she is a mineral wealth economist. Um, and she will briefly tell you what that means exactly. So welcome, Maya. Thank you, Christina. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Very good. Awesome. Um, Thanks for having me on. Yes, you are my first guest. So First of many, I'm sure. Yes, first of many. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me briefly about your role as a mineral wealth economist, because it sounds really interesting. And when I met you first, I was so intrigued about what you do. So tell Thank you. Me. Well, like any other economist, I do what they do, but I specialise in minerals in particular, specifically gemstones and anything from uranium Mm -hmm. to platinum mining. Cool. And how did you get started? I was born into this, so technically it chose me, I didn't choose it. That's amazing. And whereabouts are you from? I'm from Kent. You're from Kent? Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but my ancestors are from Southern Africa. You're from Southern Africa. Great, great, great. So Maya, um, tell us about how you would go about investing into precious stones if you've never done it before. As a newbie, I'd recommend starting small and working your way up. It's very much based on having full information. Don't ever buy anything without knowing exactly what it is, where it's come from, the material. There's so, so many tales of woeful moments. Yeah, because it, it, I'd say it's worth having full information rather than just buying it for the sake of buying it. Right, I see. You're better off holding off. What what are people investing this year? What are they investing in? The Coldstone market has gone up substantially so in the last sort of five years. Uh, it's now 2017, so five yeah. or six years. There's a move more towards sapphire, emeralds, rubies. Cool. And um, what would you what would you advise for somebody starting out? Which which stone would be the perfect starting stone? Or is there a perfect starting stone? There isn't. I'll say, as <laughs> I'm sure you enjoy this answer, it depends. Um, go for something you actually enjoy and something you like and something that's beautiful that you want mm-hmm. to look at. Of course, the return on your investment is really crucial. But at the same time, you need to make sure you enjoy the stone. But liking it is not enough. You have to also see the investment potential. Because there are some stones which are not necessarily investment it's more like you won't wear them as jewelry or mm. once it's been cut and converted it's of lesser value than when it's in its yes. raw format or when it's just been faceted mm-hmm. when it gets set into jewelry depending on the master craftsman depending on where the gold has been sourced from that yeah. changes the value entirely mm. you can also go to auctions if that's of interest to you okay so where um, in terms of getting information how would i how would i go about getting information to you need to always the... find an encyclopedic brain really <laughs> Ask as many questions as you can Mm. from industry insiders. Right. You can find a lot of people via LinkedIn if you're a website kind of person. Yeah. Um, And there's basic information online. So is there a website that you can find information about uh, the price of uh, precious stones and what it's worth? And what do you use to kind of, as your guide? So I studied this extensively. And, of course, I have a whole sort of black book of people I can speak to. Mm-hmm. So probably not a best kind of answer to give you if you're an outsider. Um, but I'd say nobody's an outsider. You can make yourself an insider by just simply asking as many questions as possible. The Gemological Institute of America, mm-hmm. who invented the four C's, which is the way we grade diamonds, mm-hmm. um, they have a wonderful website. 
and they have a whole list of A to Z mm-hmm. of what stones are. So there you can find the information, but in terms of value, yeah, the market value changes all the time, like gold, really, isn't it? Gold drastically more so than gemstones. Right, yeah. I see what you mean. So in terms of like how you value it, talk us through the process. For an appraisal? Yes, or? for an appraisal. So it depends if the stone is loose, set, or if it's... Do stop me if there's too much lingo. No, it's fine. I'm really um, interested. <laughs> if it's a loose stone, or if it's a large crystal, for example, or if it's set in jewellery, the price differs somewhat. Because the value added changes yeah. to the end price. But an appraisal could be based on what you think it's worth for the insurance company. Oh, you I need to be insured. Mm-hmm. Or if you're hoping to sell it on. Mm-hmm. And it could be if you're selling it to somebody else in the trade, mm-hmm. the trade price. Mm-hmm. Or if you're wanting to sell it at auction, or if you want to sell it to a pawn shop, or, yeah, depends on where it's going. And what's been, um, what's the most costly stone that you've worked with or handled? Gosh, um, I deal a lot with emeralds, Mm -hmm. and I found in my very short career, just less than a decade, um, that some emeralds are worth more than a lot of diamonds. Mm, it just depends on okay. the just size on and yeah. the, cl- the clean, how clean the stone is. So mm-hmm. It's to do with inclusions, which is the little marks you see on the inside. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, we spoke b- briefly before about kind of incorporating that into jewellery, and I hear that you are starting a jewellery line. Yes, so I have so. got a few pieces, and I was very excited to see some of my pieces on a television show that we're working with in Africa. Oh, nice. And um, working on more of a ongoing collection mm-hmm. with some core pieces in it. And what would be kind of your um, your style in terms of jewellery? Because a lot I, of... Uh, yeah, a lot of jewellery is quite statement, especially using precious stones, quite statement and bling in your face. So I think of, we discussed this yeah. before, right? Um, it depends if it's a cocktail ring. I think there's no reason why the bigger the better, but yeah. I prefer more of um, what is seen as the sort of French style, modern right, French, which is very minimal, very minimal. clean pieces, very beautiful. I would rather take a small stone, which is clean, right. and have that set, than a larger stone, which is has lots of inclusions in yeah. it. What does that say? It says more about the person, right? It says that you're kind of understated well, I have some luxury. Clients who like understated, I have some clients who like overstated, state to state. <laughs> Making a statement yeah. important for them. Yeah. Oh, I like a lot of costume jewellery, mm-hmm. and um, I will wear this as fun pieces. Right. But I do like fine jewellery as well. So it depends on the mood and what yeah, I'm, and where what I'm you, going what and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And. Um, in terms of your jewellery line, do you have a name for the brand yet? Or are you still under wraps? I do, no, 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 I do, but some parts are under wraps. Okay. But hopefully you'll invite me on again and yes. I can discuss it a greater yes, yes, yes. When are you launching, hopefully? When, have you got a month? It'll okay. be... <laughs> Trying to get this information. Q3. Yes, wow, Q3, she even gave me the Q3. <laughs> okay, so we we'll look forward to, you know, looking about what you're going to do with your uh, jewellery line and... Um, you know, your kind of venture into But not to jewelry. put it sort of rose-tinted, I would. I must say that I um, sort of underestimated what it takes to make a collection. Yes. And I say Q3 because that gives me the wiggle room. Exactly. I thought, you know, you could do my drawing. I think I've said yeah. this before. You do the drawing, off we go. But no, it takes a lot more. It takes a lot of time. Even just for effort. one piece. You exactly. Know? Especially if you know that you want this piece to kind of classic... You want it to stand the test of time. I think time. you must see this with your brand as well. Yeah, with my bags. Absolutely. It takes 
people don't realise how long it takes us to design something. Even if you're something. determining the hardware and how the hardware is going to sit next yeah. to the material, whether the leather is going to complement it, yeah, changes everything. Yeah, so it does take a long time and people underestimate. That's the value. That is the value. Because, um, you know, compared to like other high street brands, they will just copy what people have spent hours and the innovation is not months precisely trying to you know figure out best the best way you know to design something and they something. get close enough but not quite yeah they're always off the mark <laughs> <laughs> always off the mark so basically my next question for you is about um the industry so what is your view of the fashion obviously you're you're in precious you're in precious stones and you know but obviously you're going into in a way a fashion industry because it's jewelry and you know so what is your what what was your initial impressions about like your fashion industry and people that you've met maybe along the way mm-hmm. I have a few friends who are buyers for large retailers yeah and it's always interesting to see from the buyer's point of view how they choose what goes in the store mm-hmm. and sometimes especially from a jewelry point of view like I'm saying we work with mother nature whatever yeah. comes out of the ground it has been in the ground for billions of years by the time it's come out it, you you want it to look a particular way, but how it looks is however it may look. Mm-hmm. By the time it's been processed, totally different story. Um, I have, there's somebody I know in the industry, and she worked on very, very, very fine pieces, but it just wasn't um, viable in the end for her business. Mm-hmm. And from a buyer's point of view, they want something that you can, we were just talking about, yeah. you know, recreating pieces, but when you're working for the large online retailers yeah. or the sort of boutique they need you to create the same piece and it has to look exactly like the previous piece. Exactly. So from that point of view, um, as an artist, you're sort of giving away a little bit of your... Creative flair. Creative flair and yeah. flexibility. And so flexibility. you have to be able to sort of be malleable and bend yourself towards what the retailer wants. Do you think you should? Shouldn't you just be like, this is my collection my and this is it? For, from my point of view, yeah. I'd be happy to keep my handful of private clients. But at the same time, if you, you have Harvey <laughs> Nicks or Harrods or Selfridges knocking on your door... Netaporte, you're going to say yes. But don't you think, I mean, the way the industry... I don't mean financial cost, but creative cost. Mm. But don't you think the industry is going in a way where people, the consumers are wanting to buy things more, kind of on a personal level, directly, directly with the retailer? I've certainly noticed that as well in the last sort of few years, that um, we've returned to bespoke and homemade, home being, I mean, a lot of... Handmade. Handmade, but also in the sense that African people are buying African designers yeah. and British people are buying British designers and there's that yeah. return to home. Yeah. Mm. So do you think that, I mean, sometimes does it matter like what selfages think? Does it matter? Oh my. Yes. If I'm in a meeting with selfages on Tuesday, I've got to say <laughs> yes to you yes, now. It does no, matter. It does matter. But sometimes... It matters I because feel... they determine the market. I understand. The retail market. I understand. But sometimes, do you not think that a lot of designers are like, well, in fashion, you know, you don't really get... If you're always chasing the buyer mm-hmm. and trying to please the buyer, mm-hmm. you kind of lose touch of what you're, the message you're trying to get mm-hmm. point, you know, across. But I'll say that mm. there's also um, there's somebody I recommended to you before. She talks a lot about sustainability. She is, uh, you know, this athleisure trend mm-hmm. where it's sports lux as well. She says a lot of it is that she focuses on having minimal waste. So a lot mm. of the cutoffs, is that mm-hmm. what you call it in your lingo? Yeah, the minimal waste. Cut go, yeah. Yeah. She minimises the cutoffs and she wants to make something with the cutoffs. Right. And a lot of retailers don't understand 
what that costs her. Right. Because the other companies that are just cutting it off and throwing it away, it costs them next to nothing. But her, the price of her items is reflective of her being more sustainable. Mm. And so it's a bit more expensive. Of course. Mm-hmm. The cost increases, which means her margins decrease. It's because she's not able to... When you search for cut-offs, mm-hmm. you have, and let's say you have an order of 20, you're mm-hmm. going to have to f- work harder to find the available material because it's not you know, standard. It's not like I'm ordering one square foot and this is it. And we're every centimetre, every inch counts. Counts, yeah. 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 And you're saying, does it matter what Selfridges says? In that regard, does it matter what the buyer says, buyer in a, in a large company? Yeah. Or do you mean the buyer... In the terms of the customer, buyer, the, the ultimate customer. buyer is the customer, so... Well, I make things for people to enjoy them. Yeah. And part of that process is my enjoyment in making it, but mm-hmm. I hope that they enjoy it, the yeah. end client. The end client, yeah. If I'm making it and they don't like it... It's okay because maybe somebody else will like it, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly from a bespoke point of view. I'm like we're talking about larger. I will make a larger cocktail ring for a lady or gentleman who wishes to have that. It doesn't mean that I'm going to wear it, but right. if they like it, I'm very happy. Right, right, right. So, my talk to me about sustainability. What is your kind of thoughts on it? So, it can be looked at from various angles, but I'd say a lot of it is to do with um, the environment and sort of the world that we're leaving for the future generations, A, and B, sustainability can be from sort of an ethical point of view as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of discussion on ethical mining and sustainability in mining. Yes, that's so very important. we use right? a lot of water, for example. It's mm. labour-intensive. There's yeah. a lot of people, a lot of water, a lot of... And there are ways of either minimising that or using what we're supposed to use but then reusing it. Okay. So in your world, for example, if you're using tanned leather, right. can you repeat that same... Can you use the same water? Uh, or it has to be flushed I think it has to be in new water. Yeah, when they're tanning it. Um, so I used to work for Pepe Jeans, okay. and um, I was a brand ambassador for them. And we discussed what it makes, what it takes to make a pair of jeans. And there was a sustainable side to that mm-hmm. in the sense that rather than using 400 litres of water, finding a way to use 150 litres of water. Exactly. 150 litres of water is a lot of water, but it's less. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, then in the leather industry, there mm. is a, um, a huge waste in terms of chemicals that they you know, use mm. to tan the leather. Whether mm. it's um, do you use vegetan leather? I use I use vegetan leather, but not on this current collection. So okay. it depends on what people want. Yeah, so well. vegetan leather is more eco friendly, but you know, you've got the chrome as well, mm. and they use chemicals. So that's I mean that's an area that. I need to just look into more mm-hmm. um, because obviously it's really important. But one thing I will say is that um, all my leather is sourced in Europe. Um, so and do you do that? It. And I use I use I work with a very small family um, tanneries. Do you do that for a reason? Is there a yeah, there's it? a reason because and is that I know from a sustainability that angle. It is. I mean, I'm trying to be as sustainable as I can, but it's quite it's quite difficult sometimes when you like like something if you I like the way this looks mm-hmm. over this mm-hmm. you know so it's just about learning and doing your research but um I work with a smaller smaller family tanneries sporting independence sporting independence because well. yeah. I know for a fact that the processes are going to be a bit more you know really not about fast getting it out there yeah. but more about kind of paying attention to the details mm. and kind of you know, min- minimizing their costs and how much they use because they're a small, they're a small business. So. Mm. Still, small but mighty. Yeah, <laughs> not to be underestimated. Yes. In terms of working in the industry, tell me about the type of people you come across and the kind of characters and does that kind of 
how does that affect you? In our industry, there is a lot of... It's based on a lot of trust, mm. a lot of loyalty. And nine times out of ten, you see the same people in Hong Kong, in Tucson, Arizona, which is a really big trade show. You see them in London. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it is based on keeping relationships, you know, professional but still courteous. Sometimes if people are in town, they'll say, you know, should we have a coffee and catch up and we talk about trade news? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's have, a very have you faced insular. any kind of, uh, you know, rude characters or pretentious people? What do you mean by rude? <laughs> pretentious, you know, people that, I don't know. So it depends <laughs> on sort of the trade side compared to the sort of it's, what commercial kind of, side. Because how does it, it, it feel? Is it a very competitive industry? Does it kind of cut for it? Your favourite answer again. It depends. It's yes <laughs> and no. So if you're dealing with... So somebody who's worked in this industry for 70 years, yeah. they're not in competition with you. Right. Well, certainly not with me because of my age. Right. And I'm, as far as they're concerned, because I've been doing it for just under 10 years, I'm nowhere near where they are in their 70s. Exactly. And I look up to them. Mm-hmm. And they're very wise. They have a lot of knowledge. But I'll never forget one gentleman in Hatton Garden telling me, at my age, he was 84, he said, I still don't know everything. And right. I learn a lot from you people, you young people, he says. Yeah. And he'll look at people who are in their 60s and say, you young people, I learned so much. And it's that idea that the thirst for knowledge and always wanting to learn. And as I said, my biggest client is Mother Nature. You don't Mm. know what's coming out of the ground Mm. and when it's going to come out. Mm -hmm, There's still mm -hmm. new discoveries that happen every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. Do you find that people that have been in the industry a long time give you time of day? I'll say the ones who don't want a quick buck. The ones who don't want a quick sale. It's not about the sale, it's about the love for gemstones mm-hmm. gemstones is the meeting of history and art and mm-hmm. science mm-hmm. in one industry and to have that is phenomenal mm-hmm. when you come across other people like that it's great we chat for hours and hours and hours yeah. and then you have people who say you know I, I just bought this on my next buying trip I'm always travelling but you think, they're showing off there's no need to prove the point <laughs> what are you trying to prove nobody cares you're just looking around the room like I <laughs> no consequence to me so you, know, you blink and you look at them and you just do it it's about keeping strength of character I think. Mm, mm. Mm. is it easy to lose that in in this kind of industry to lose that or if you maybe feel, it's more so in the fashion world in the fashion yeah you because it, especially in this fast fashion where everything yeah. is what's new what's next what's who's young who's old who's but if you've built trust mm-hmm. a reputation and you've got a strength of character, mm-hmm. and you really shouldn't have too much to worry about. It's just a matter of cool. staying on top of things. On top of staying, things, yeah. Yes, in the loop. In the loop. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my next question: Talk to me about what it's like being a startup, or just being an entrepreneur, being female. Yeah, that I can talk to you for the next your, six <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> is your is your industry very heavily male dominated? Is it is. So I, I spend a lot of time raising awareness about female participation in this industry and mm. I try to get as many more females involved as possible yeah and what have you I mean talk to me about like why is it like that what do you think are the reasons behind it um, um, and just in general like how you kind of manage over- I think to overcome it like many other industries where it's male dominated it's just the old boys club that's just mm. how it's sort of set up from yeah. day one and um, it's a matter of just perseverance and supporting, when you see another female supporting her, exactly. or if you see a young girl who's, you know, sort of 17, 18, and they say, oh, I'm really fascinated by what you do, how do I get involved, how do I get into it, and giving them the time of day and a yeah, bit of advice. Yeah, yeah, I think that really helps too. 
because um, I've met we have to support each other. I know we, we do. Have to support us. We're not being support each other. <laughs> we do, and there needs to be um, more of that. Actually, yeah. um, you told me before that you were working on a project. Project? Yes. The Black Diamonds Project. Yeah, Black Diamonds Project. So tell me more about that. Um, A little segue. Yes, of course, (laughs) darling. (laughs) Um, Being in the gem world makes sense to have a gem name, but really, if you look at the Black Diamonds, they're rare. Mm -hmm. They're formed after billions of years of being under pressure. Yet after all that pressure, they're still very beautiful. And they're still worth phenomenal amounts mm-hmm. and there's how much are we talking metaphor here well i'm going to pretend you're oh, God. <laughs> some unpublishables <laughs> but um being under a lot of pressure doesn't mean you cannot be beautiful and yeah, celebrate your beauty exactly. and your uniqueness and your rareness and the black diamonds project is about celebrating all of that right especially in women mm-hmm. and i like the idea of women coming together to build something amazing mm, sounds amazing. so we discuss mental health we discuss eating well yeah and entrepreneurship startups head wraps anything <laughs> that kind of yeah if you know, lifestyle if you've known maya she loves her head wraps so every I time do. i've seen you on multiple <laughs> occasions with your head wraps how did on. that start tell me about your kind of that, tell me about your, your you know your fashion in terms of like my style your style i'll yeah. say oh I, see, I used to want to start over fashion because i used to run a fashion blog and i was very much into trends and what's the latest thing yeah but I found out that style feeds me more than fashion does. Mm. I prefer the sense of continuity. And I always say you should take a photograph of me. And it could have been taken in 1920 or 2020. And that's... Yeah, that's how you like it. Yes. You don't want people to be like, oh... I don't want look to be trendy. Trendy. No, no. Yeah. I'd rather have understated elegance and style. So, um, do you shop vintage a lot? No, you don't? I used to a lot okay. when I was a student. Yes, um, I lived in a town where it was a lot of vintage yeah. stuff. So, do you have favorite brands, or is it just? I really like the rope, Mary okay. Kate and Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, they make the cut. The, for me, actually, aside from naming a brand, it's the cut. How the material falls on you on your body. matters the most. Yeah, yeah. Any other brands that? Christina Chi is an amazing what? accessories brand. I'm waiting for Please. one item in particular. I did not pay her to say no, this. No, I'm not. This is not a plug. She didn't nudge me under the table. I, I love supporting him. young female startups. It's excellent. Great. Thanks so much, Maya. It means a lot. <laughs> You're still waiting for your, your coin purse. My, uh, yes, my coin purse. I shall be waiting. It's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> and, um, yeah... Is there anything else that you would like to say to people where they can find you on various social media? Yes, on social media, Black Diamonds Project. I shall be there. Um, if you prefer, you can go via Christina Chi and she will direct you. I will direct you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, final words of advice. I'll just say continue doing what you're doing. Perseverance is important. Believe yes, in yourself. Exactly. There are some times, some trying times, which may happen. But yeah. See it as part of the ebbs and flow of life. Just keep going. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Come back. I shall.